Hello, folks. This is Dave Borges, UConn men's basketball beat writer for Hearst Connecticut Media. This is the UConn Report podcast, where we talk all things UConn basketball. And this week, we have a really great guest uh, joining us on a, on a rare Sunday off. Um, UConn assistant coach Luke Murray. Luke, uh, Luke's been assistant to a lot of different programs, Louisville and Xavier among them. Um, was an assistant with uh, with Dan Hurley at both Wagner and URI. And of course, this is his first season here at UConn. Luke, how, how's it going today, man? It's going good. I'm sorry. I know I was ducking you a little bit last week uh, with the podcast, so I'm glad we're able to connect today. Yeah, no worries. It was kind of a crazy week last week. In fact, I wanted to, uh, before we kick things off, wanted to kind of go back and just look at those two Butler games. Um, obviously, uh, you know, two games in three days against the same opponent, kind of crazy. Have you, have you ever been involved in something like that? And you call, I guess maybe a Wagner, right? Yeah, I heard Coach Hurley mention it in the press conference. Maybe you asked the question, Dave. But, yeah, we had a rivalry week, and for some reason, Mount St. Mary's was our rival at Wagner. So we would play them uh, twice in a week. So, But I haven't – you know, we haven't been in that uh, situation in, in a decade or so. So it was definitely unique, um, you know, playing Butler at home and then flying out there and playing them again with the, with the late start Thursday night. Took care of business at home pretty, uh, pretty handily on Tuesday, and then – you, know, you fly out Wednesday afternoon. What's that like? Obviously, it's different. I guess you know it, you've already scouted them. So, like, what do you do on Wednesday in terms of preparing for Butler? Uh, is it just a little different than a normal uh, kind of day of preparation? It is. You know, generally we would practice at UConn um, and then fly out to wherever we're headed. Um, Coach Hurley wanted to change it up a little bit, so we ended up practicing um, at a gym in Indianapolis uh, training facility. And, uh, you know, practice is, you know, probably overstating it. You know, we got a lot of shots up. We went through some things offensively, um, talked a little bit about the scouting report and some things that were specific to Butler, um, but just wanted to get the guys moving, uh, you know, refresh a couple of thoughts for the game Thursday. And then, you know, we were in the hotel, you know, Wednesday night watching film and going through game plan. Obviously, uh, you know, got off to a kind of a rough start in that second game on Thursday night to kind of a sloppy first half. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, can you talk about what happened at halftime and how you guys turned it around in the second half, particularly Tyrese Martin, but really a, a total team effort in the second half there? Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily know what factored into, you know, the slow start. You know, obviously, um, Butler is a, a really proud program. And, uh, you know, we kind of took it to them on the, on the offensive glass in particular uh, in the game on Tuesday night. And so we kind of got the sense early on on Thursday that they were going to be a, a more physical team. Um, I thought they adjusted their game plan a little bit with Adama and were, you know, aggressively trying to front him and had a lot of backside help. So it made it a little bit more challenging for us to get the ball inside to him. Um, and I thought they were doing a better job uh, on the defensive glass as well. So, you know, they were fighting and obviously, um, you know, we got off to a slow start and it was it was nice to see us respond the way that we did at halftime. Um, you know, coach challenged the guys and, and was really specific about what he was looking for in the second half. And. I think Tyrese's three to start the second half was big for us. You know, we didn't have a whole lot going on that possession. Um, you know, what we were looking to do on the first play, we didn't we didn't really execute. Ball kind of found Tyrese late in the shot clock, and he made a three. Um, so you combine that with the shot that he made at the end of the half, and then to see the ball go in early for him in the second half, I think that really kind of sparked uh, sparked the rest of the game for him. Yeah, incredible, incredible 25 points in the second half for him. And obviously Isaiah Whaley came and kind of had a bounce-back game, and even though Adama was slightly held in check, still almost had a double double. So, um, and Jalen Gaffney really had a had a really key stretch for you guys too. Kind of on a night when RJ didn't do a whole lot, 
um, offensively. Uh, Jalen came up kind of big for you guys too, right? Yeah, it was really nice to see that from Jalen. Uh, you know, Adama hit him with a great pass out of the post. Uh, Jalen got fouled. We went to immediate timeout. And it was kind of a crucial point in the game. You know, he stepped up and, and made two free throws, which was big for us. And then obviously got the steal and the dunk. So that was nice to see. You know, I think Jalen's got to be an important player for us um, as we get deeper into conference play. And, and you mentioned Isaiah. You know, it was really nice to see. I thought he got also, you know, got off to a good start, which was which was good for us getting on the offensive glass and kind of um, playing to the identity that he's so known for. And I know Butler, you know, their record isn't great. And um they struggled a little bit this season, but uh, you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought they'd be one of the better teams in the league this year. And um, whatever the record may be, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's it's true. Any any road game, any league road game, and any Big East road game is a tough, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Coach Shirley and I talked about this after the Marquette game. Um, I don't think there's a better feeling in college basketball coaching than winning a conference game on the road. You know, regardless of the opponent, uh, first place or last place. So. Um, it was big for us. You know, Butler, you know, the schedule kind of worked against them a little bit. You know, they they flew out on a Wednesday night. They played three games in a row on the road. You know, so when they finished up with us on Tuesday, um, you know, they had been away from home for six straight days. So, you know, they were able to get home and kind of uh, regroup. And uh, we knew that we were going to probably get their best shot on Thursday. So it was nice to see us, uh, you know, bounce back with such a good second half. Then they play you Thursday night, then they're back here in Providence on Sunday. So it, it has been a crazy schedule for them. And I think a lot of teams are going to find little stresses of their schedule this year where it's a little unorthodox. Um, you guys have a very busy February coming up. Um, as far as in the immediate future, me. what's that? Don't yeah. remind me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as the immediate future, you got on Tuesday night, you got Georgetown coming to town, um, back at Gamble Pavilion. And um, you know, obviously the Hoyas, again, they're, they're 0-5 in the Big East. I think they've lost six in a row, but there's talent there. We know Patrick's a good coach. He saw what they did in the Big East tournament last year. The kid Mohammed is maybe maybe the rookie of the year in the league this year. So, um, you know, what are you, what are you looking at for, as far as George goes on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, you touched on it, Dave. I mean, they're a dangerous team. You know, they are. I mean, in, in conference play, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the conference. You know, we're second. Um, so they do a really good job of getting on the offensive glass. Amini Muhammad, who you mentioned, is a terrific rebounder. I think he's second in the Big East in rebounding. Adamas first. Um, you know, so for him at the guard position to be a threat on the glass like that, the offensive glass is is obviously a key. Um, and outside of the offensive rebounding, they really shoot the ball well from three. You know, they got a couple guys in in Carey and in Rice who can really get it going. Um, so they're definitely a challenging matchup. You know, they played Villanova really well. Uh, the other day, you know, so they're capable of competing with anybody in the conference. And we're going to have to be uh, we're going to have to be really good on Tuesday night. Is it easy to convince your guys, you know, going into, for instance, or, even you know, back in the early part of the season, going into some of those games against low majors and uh, and certainly not that Georgetown's a low major, but certainly going in, looking at the record sort of on Tuesday night. Is it easy to convince you, you got your guys that can't overlook any opponent opponent? And, you know, is this team mature enough to understand that? I think so. I mean, it'd be so. foolish not to, you know, and, and we're, we're having an experienced group, um, you know, in a lot of cases and, and guys that have kind of been through college basketball. And I think Coach Hurley does a phenomenal job of, of preaching that message and reiterating that point, you know, that all these games, you know, count for the same in the league standings. You know, whether you beat the team that's in last place, you beat the team that's in first place, they all count for one. Um, and so, you know, every game is, is crucial. Let's go back a little bit. I, I mentioned uh, this is your first season, obviously, as an assistant coach at UConn, but 
this is actually your second stint at UConn because you were you were a student here for um, briefly for one, I guess one semester, right? As as a briefly, freshman. Yeah, uh, briefly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the story goes that you and some other uh, freshman at the time, I believe it was a freshman at the time, named Mark Daniel, um, used to uh, poke around the, the coach's office and a couple of, uh, you know, kind of talk a little bit with uh, with Tom Moore at the time and, and Andre LaFleur and kind of um, share sort of some of the knowledge you had in terms of recruits and things like that. Um, is that accurate? And is that kind of how things start off with uh, really get you getting to know uh, with Tom, for instance, for one? No, that's not really accurate. Uh, that's kind of the oh, it's story not okay. That, that's kind of the story that Tom tells. I don't know why, um, <laughs> but no, um, you know, me coming to UConn in the first place uh, was was really kind of a last second thing. I, I, honestly, in high school, I was expecting to play um, football in college, oddly enough, and that was kind of the path that I was going down. And then um, some things happened at the last minute um, in my high school career, which kind of made me shift my focus to, to wanting to get into coaching and being a basketball coach. I knew that that's what I wanted to do in the long term, but I wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do um, from the moment I left high school. And uh, so, you know, again, the, the Connecticut thing, you know, enrolling in Connecticut was kind of a, a last minute decision, but I did know Tom a little bit. I did know um, Andre LaFleur a little bit just from having um, played AAU basketball and kind of been on the AAU basketball scene um, throughout my high school career. So, I did come by. I would talk to those guys, some in the office. Um, I didn't really know Mark at all. You know, I, I know Mark worked as, as a student manager and, and he kind of had a relationship with George Blaney, but he and I were kind of on on different tracks, at least during the time we were at UConn. Okay. Well, that blows that whole out, all out of the water. Then. Yeah, sorry I won't about ask. that, Dave. But no, it's great. <laughs> I mean, he's doing an unbelievable job. I, met, I remember, you know, him being an assistant coach at Holy Cross and I was with Coach Moore at Quinnipiac and you know now to see him as the coach of the Thunder I mean obviously he's uh he's accomplished a great deal I won't ask any more questions from uh Tom Moore stories then but I will ask <laughs> I think this one is accurate here um your first kind of job in college basketball I guess was was basketball ops at Quinnipiac under Tom as the head coach is that how, how did, that is correct right that is correct yeah that is correct <laughs> how, how did that sort yeah. of materialize that goes back to, to the UConn days, you know, and, and my relationship with Coach Moore. Um, you know, when I went to Fairfield, I, I graduated from Fairfield and Coach got the job at Quinnipiac, Coach Moore did, and I called him to congratulate him. And um, he just happened to be in the office with a couple of his assistant coaches that he had just hired, Sean Dory and Eric Eaton. And um, he asked me about some, some players, some high school players, and uh, we kind of went through uh, a list of a lot of the guys in the Northeast. And I don't know that he was anticipating, you know, the, the phone call going this way, but he asked me to come up uh, a day or two later and interview for the uh, the operations job. And he and uh, myself and Scott Burrell, um, you know, came in kind of in back-to-back -back days and Scott was hired as the assistant coach. I was hired as the director of ops. And so, yeah, that was the, that was the coaching staff the first year at, at Quinnipiac. So I, I owe coach more a lot for, uh, you know, my kind of getting into college hoops. And you mentioned recruiting. You you were talking about recruits with him at the time. That's always kind of been your thing. You've always been really fascinated with uh, with the whole uh, recruiting side of of college basketball, I guess, right? Is that um, something you've really been been into for quite a while? Yeah, I mean, I think that's how it all kind of started. You know, for me um, as a kid, I've you know I've told this story before. I used to go to um, camps and and different games around the tri-state area. And, you know, if I would play in a morning game then I would stay and watch all the other older kids play. And so I just kind of had a feel for 
you know, the best players in, in the country, the best players in the Northeast. And, um, you know, I was always kind of taken by the college coaches and, and kind of their interactions and the whole recruiting process. So that was something that interests me at a, at a young age. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, I coached high school and, and AAU basketball um, before getting the chance at Quinnipiac. And, uh, you know, so I think my, early in my college career as a coach, um, you know, recruiting, you know, was kind of at the forefront. It, it remains at the forefront. But then as you kind of evolve as a coach, you you become kind of more, um, you know, more nuanced in the different elements of, of, of coaching, you know, film study and um, scouting reports and, you know, on-court coaching, all the other things that go into the job. Is there a particular role, you know, in practices that you have right now, whether it's position-wise or, um, you know, what kind of other things are you kind of responsible for um, other than the recruiting side, which obviously all the assistants have responsibilities in? Yeah, you know, we all, we all kind of divvy up responsibilities pretty equally. You know, um, Coach Hurley does an amazing job of, of just kind of leading us. Um, you know, he really, more so than any head coach I've been around, you know, has his hand in, in everything, you know, from recruiting to daily practice planning to skill development workouts, film study, all that kind of stuff. So he really does an, an amazing job of orchestrating it all, um, you know, specific to practice. I spend a lot of time working with the front court guys. Um, you know, our forwards and, uh, you know, and then Coach Hurley, uh, myself and, and Coach Kamani and Coach Moore, um, you know, we'll, we'll bring guys in individually and watch film with them and spend time with them, you know, talking about things outside of basketball. So, you know, Coach does a really good job of, I think, building a, a kind of a comprehensive approach to our dealings with these players. It really is not a thing where, um, you know, you have a relationship during the practice hours and then you're not seeing them in the morning, you're not seeing them at night. You know, I think that these guys really feel like they have a coaching staff that, um, you know, is committed to them. Right. Speaking of recruiting, I know you can't get into specifics in terms of names or anything like that. And and even it's hard to say, I guess, any kind of specifics because you don't know exactly who might be coming back next year, whether it's potentially, uh, you know, some guys coming back for fifth years or, even maybe guys, you know, going to the pros, whatever. But in general, are you kind of, how are you kind of approaching, you know, whether it's position wise or whatnot, um, recruiting for, you know, even the, the class of 2022 and, and, and onwards um, as we sit here right now? Yeah, I mean, as it, as it stands, I mean, I think the, the 2022 class, um, you know, as far as high school guys is concerned, is, is pretty much solidified. You know, as you mentioned, you know, there's always a little bit of uncertainty with any college program, you know, as to kind of what the end of the season looks like and and any sort of changes that may happen then. But, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about the guys that are in place. You know, Corey and Alex um, have really benefited from being on campus and, and working with our guys. Obviously, Corey has had um, kind of a longer runway to do that. Um, and then Donovan, you know, who was over at practice the other day and is off to a great start to his high school season. Um, you know, we're tremendously excited about what he's going to bring next year, you know, in, into the future. As you mentioned, I think there's there's some uncertainty, you know, in terms of exactly how the roster is going to look. Um, you know, so we really just target, um, you know, guys that we think have great talent and, and that fit our culture at UConn, guys that I think would fit seamlessly within our locker room um, and in the way that Coach Hurley likes to run his program. And we don't recruit, um, you know, a ton of guys. You know, we're, we're really kind of targeted and intentional in terms of, um, the players that we like and and the players that we think fit kind of the ethos, I should say, of the program. What are you seeing? Obviously, we we can't see him on practice or certainly in games because he's redshirting. But as far as Corey goes, what are you seeing from him? And and what does he project? What kind of position wise? And you know, how do you project him uh, moving forward in, in for his college career? 
Yeah, Corey's been really impressive. You know, he, he carries himself as an older player. You know, uh, we celebrated his 18th birthday not long ago, and it's amazing to mm -hmm. think that he's kind of been in practice for as long as he has. It was only a 17-year-old. So um, he's got a naturally, uh, you know, really strong body. Um, he's done a really good job working in the weight room with our strength coaches. Um, his dad was a great athlete, and so he's, he's really, you know, uh, has a genetic advantage in terms of kind of the way that his body develops here. Um, at UConn. So I think he's going to be a really strong athletic guard for us. Um, you know, probably more in that combo role, you know, a guy that can play both positions. He plays more two than one in practice for us, um, but a good shooter, a strong driver, physical through contact. And I think he has the potential to be a, an exceptional defender for us as well. Is it oversimplifying? Uh, I know we've it's kind of been uh the narrative has sort of been as far as you know recruiting roles with the assistants tom moore is kind of the new england guy kamani is kind of the new york new jersey guy um is that oversimplifying things to really does, does it all kind of there's no real boundaries for you guys right and or if there is what do you have a specific kind of uh area where you're sort of uh you know your area of uh i don't know expertise for lack of a better term <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's, prob that's probably oversimplifying it a little bit i mean i think you know one of the things that's great about the coaching staff is that we all have so much camaraderie um, and history with one another. You know, I've known Coach Moore and, and Coach Kamani and Coach Hurley for 20 years. And um, and a lot of that is because we've all kind of been in the same circles, you know, and, and we've recruited the same areas and know a lot of the same coaches and a lot of the same um, grassroots people. And so, um, you know, like, for example, yesterday, Kamani and I, you know, we, we, we might go to an event together, you know, and, and both watch a kid from, you know, the tri-state area and there's a familiarity that we'll have and that we can share, um, you know, coach, coach Moore, obviously being from Massachusetts has recruited New England um, effectively for a long time. Um, but so has, you know, Kamani and so have I. And so a, a lot of times, um, you know, it's just kind of where the, where the natural relationship kind of lends itself. And, and I think maybe more than most staffs, um, we really like to, to work, kind of in unison with one another and there might be you know a point person uh to say but the, but at the same time you know coach Kamani or myself or coach Moore will spend a lot of time talking to those players and going to those players games and so I think they feel more of a a community um a communal I guess I should say relationship in terms of um, how they get recruited by Connecticut right right and obviously I, I know the staff I know um has wanted to at, at some point start you certainly have cornered the corner the market new Jer new jersey new york i mean a lot of the players on the roster are from that area right now you got donovan Klingon from in-state which is i think was kind of important to, to wrap up the you know the big in-state recruiting alex being from massachusetts i mean the northeast you've done a great job there i know you, you can't say anything specifically but i know you you have a commitment from someone who's from you know down south and are you um are you starting to try to maybe recruit a little more nationally now? Is that sort of the goal for the for the staff at this point? Um, you know, I think where the where you know where there's a fit. You know, I've had a lot of success recruiting different parts of the country. I've recruited the Midwest, you know, a lot the last six or seven years. Um, so there are going to be some instances where there's a strong relationship with a, a player or players, um, you know, from different parts of the country. And and you know, UConn is a national brand that kids are excited about playing for. And so. Yeah, I think that there there may be more of that. Um, you know, Coach Moore, you know, has some experience with that as well. You know, we talk about it a lot of times in the office. Um, you know, the great UConn teams that have had players that came from out of the region. You know, whether it was you know Khalid Alamine or you know coming from Minnesota or 
Coach Moore mentioned Jake Box Bosco coming from Texas and Karan coming from Racine, Wisconsin. You know, so guys kind of have come from all over and been able to make big impacts here in the program. And uh, I think that's something that we'd certainly like to do. Um, you know, but again, I think our, our, our stronghold will always be, you know, kind of in the Northeast. You mentioned uh, one of your roles is kind of working with the front court. Um, what can you say about Adama, what he's done this season, particularly with, you know, since he, well, really kind of since he's come back from his abdominal um, injury and, and the break, uh, you know, he, well, he's strong before that, obviously, huge game against Auburn, but you know, the double-doubles, the rebounding too. I mean, it seems like out of nowhere, he's become not just a good rebounder, but a great rebounder. What, what can you say about his development this year? And um, don't be afraid to take some credit for it. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I'm going to do that, but um, he, he's doing a great job. He really is. And, you know, I think it's a product to his work ethic. You know, I, I know that that's been talked about before and Coach Hurley talks about it, but it's it's very true. Um, you know, there's not a day that he isn't in, in the gym doing extra um, and going be up and be, be above and beyond in terms of, you know, his commitment to, to growing his game. Um, he's, he's got a great touch, you know, a great natural touch. But I think one of the things that we've been really impressed with um, since he's come back from his abdominal injury is his willingness to establish deeper and deeper low post position. You know, I think some of the early success that he had in games like Auburn, um, you know, because he was making, you know, tougher kind of challenge jump hooks, I think he kind of felt like, okay, this is going to kind of work every single night, you know, and then when you see different defenses and you see people doubling you and people trying to force your catches out, um, you have to make the adjustment. And, uh, you know, we've gone to, uh, some more of a high-low attack at times, you know, to try to get him in a position where he can, uh, you know, kind of work the defense up the lane and have better angles to get into catch-and-finish situations. Um, but he's done a really good job of using screens, establishing post position deeper, catching the ball in the restricted area, um, and he's getting more and more comfortable as a passer, you know. And so I guess all that all that is a product of just his willingness to be coached um, and his, you know, his desire to improve and to be a great player, you know, and he says it all the time, you know, he doesn't want to be good. He wants to be great. And, uh, you know, you get that sense, you know, from being around Adama every single day. So he's been great. And the rebounding has been, has been a, been a huge, um, you know, benefit for us in recent games. You know, you're right, Dave. I think there was a stretch of games where he wasn't rebounding the ball as well as he can. And uh, it's been great to see since he came back from injury, um, how dominant he's been on the glass. He's been exceptional on the offensive glass. And, uh, and protecting the rim as a shot blocker better than he had, um, you know, in November and December as well. So he's really, he's really emerging as one of the best players in the Big East. It seems to me that he has a pretty good rapport with Andre on the floor. It, it looks to me like Andre really makes a conscious effort to find him and feed him, uh, especially when Andre's, you know, he, he's kind of taken over the point guard role some here and there a little bit. And um, uh, he really makes a good effort to get the ball into Adama, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. You're 100% right. I mean, Andre is is one of the most unselfish people that you'll ever come in contact with. And uh, he would much rather assist on a basket than score a basket. And, um, you know, he, he knows that Adama is a go to guy for us. He knows, you know, how capable Adama is around the basket. So he does. He always has his eyes out for him. Um, Andre has a unique ability um, to, to find passing windows and deliver. Uh, passes on time for, for baskets and, and uh, he is always looking for Andre. I mean, excuse me, Andre is always looking for Adama and Adama is acutely aware of it. Adama knows which guys do the best job of finding him. And uh, so he's pretty nice to Andre in practices and games because he knows that, uh, that Andre is looking for him.
Nice to have a teammate who'd rather pass than shoot, huh? Yes, yes. Dre is about as good a teammate as you can ask for. Yeah, yeah. He's been very impressive this year as well. Um, yeah, mentions mentioned some of the stops you've been at over the years. Uh, Louisville and Xavier, probably two of the more high-profile jobs. One, one, one I'm interested in, and when I look at your resume, and I haven't heard too much about this, you you, you were an assistant at Post University in Waterbury for, for I, I imagine, a brief time. Tell me about that one. Yeah, that was kind of a, a unique time. Um, it was right after finishing up at Quinnipiac. So I was the director of operations at Quinnipiac, and I was anticipating leaving to become a Division One assistant coach at a different school that will remain unnamed. And that kind of <laughs> fell through at the last second, uh, very surprisingly, and, and kind of left me in a position where I, I didn't have a job that I anticipated having. Um, a friend of mine um, that I had played AAU basketball with in high school um, was actually a, a player and an assistant coach later at post. And uh, so he had introduced me to Mike Donnelly, who was the coach at, at post at the time, who now is the coach at Florida Southern College and did a great job at um, at Southern Connecticut. And yep. uh, so, yeah, I was there for a short time. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a, we had a good season just that one year, um, you know, recruited a couple of kids from New York that I that I had known. And uh, so it was fun. It was it was my first time being an assistant coach and you know, doing scouting reports and getting out on the road and recruiting um, and, you know, did that for a year and, and uh, then left to go to Arizona. Your first D1 assistant coach, though, was at Wagner. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So that I was under post for a year. Yeah, post for a year and then went to Arizona for a year with Sean Miller as a graduate assistant. And then Coach Hurley, uh, you know, blessed me with the opportunity to be a Division One assistant coach, you know. And uh, again, I think that was having only had a year at a division two school and a year as a graduate assistant to be able to, you know, kind of be a 24 year old you know, division one assistant coach, uh, you know, coach Hurley, you know, as I've mentioned before is, is really the reason that I'm here now. Yeah. I know you mentioned he's kind of been a mentor for you and you were there with him at Rhode Island as well. Um, and, 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 and Tom and Kamani, you've known them for quite a while too, right? I have. Yeah. I mean, Kamani and I came up coaching, um, you know, with and against each other. Um, in New York City and in, in AAU circles for years, and uh, he's he's been a really good friend of mine over the years. So I'm I'm certainly really excited to be back with him, and you know we've been uh, we've grown tighter than ever. And then Coach Moore, you know we talked about you know my experience with him and having worked for him and, and him giving me my first start in college basketball. But Coach Hurley is, you know he's just he's special. You know outside of my family, I mean he's been as important to me as anybody in my life and and given me tremendous opportunities. And, um, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to him and his, and his family for the opportunity to be here. And, you know, hopefully we can do some great things. Well, kind of wrap things up here. You mentioned family and uh, I know, uh, <laughs> I know you're intent on building your own identity as, as a basketball coach. You've done a great job of that so far and you, you have a great future ahead, but I do want to ask uh, the question that I think, you know, you've been asked before, what, what was it like being grown up, being the nephew of Brian Doyle Murray? <laughs> that was a good setup, baby. Thank you. Uh, no, Brian is the best. Brian is the best. We had a, we were texting last night. He's a big St. Mary's Gales fan, so he was excited with their their win last night over LMU, which was tough because Eric Yankovsky's brother is an assistant at LMU. So I was divided a little bit last night, but I was going with my uncle and the Gales, but. Um, Yes. Yeah. It was, it was special growing up as his nephew. <laughs> well, I, I thought of it because I, I was binge watching Seinfeld over the weekend. And I caught the <laughs> bubble boy episode and I thought of that, but uh, in all honesty, again, 
growing up as your father, of course, the great actor and comedian Bill Murray, um, I, I did want to ask you, do you have a favorite movie of his? And is it is it tough to watch? You know, is it to separate the fact that that's your dad on the on the screen and uh, and, and still enjoy the movie? I mean, I, I guess Ghostbusters. You know, when I was a kid, that was kind of the, the big thing. Um, I wasn't born when the first Ghostbusters came out, but the second Ghostbusters was 1989. And uh, so that was kind of the one that, that, for me, was the biggest in my childhood growing up. Um, and I actually showed my my two boys the new Ghostbusters that came out uh, the other day. We were watching it at the house. So that was kind of the one that, that stands out to me as a favorite. Um, but, I mean, I think... You know, it's it's strange. You know, I think it would be strange for anybody to, to see their parent or brother or sister or whatever on the television screen um, as much as I do. But, you know, at a certain point, it just kind of becomes something that you're accustomed to. And, uh, you know, somebody sent me a video of him singing in a park the other day. I didn't even know that he was doing that. So he just kind of does random things and I get wind of it days later. But, uh, you know, it's 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 fun. I know he was at the, in the Bahamas. Do, do we get uh, do we get pops at a, at a home UConn game this year at some point? I hope so. I hope so. I can't see why not. Um, he's in California now, but I'm sure we can get him out here. Um, he lives in New York uh, most of the year, and uh, so it, sometimes it's easier for him to get to games at Seton Hall. He saw us play Bonaventure at the Prudential Center. Uh, you know, obviously the games at the Garden are easy for him, but uh, I'm sure we'll get him up to uh, to Gamble or Excel. It might be it might be cool for him to see a game on campus, so maybe we try to make that happen. By the way, one last thing you mentioned. So you were a football player. Football was kind of your bigger sport in high school, or yeah, I mean basketball was what I wanted to be great at, but for whatever reason, football just came a little bit easier for me. But yeah, what position? I played strong safety. I played strong safety. Okay. I went to St. Luke's um, in in New Canaan, and uh, we we uh, you know we played in the NEPSAC. And uh, we had some good teams there. So that was that was fun to be a part of. But, you know, like I said, ultimately, you know, just kind of made the decision that uh, that college coaching was the way to go. I knew that basketball was my love. And so um, wanted to kind of get started with that as soon as possible. Right. Well, it was a good decision. And uh, we're glad to have you here in UConn. And Tuesday night, Georgetown. And uh, just moving forward to the schedule. I mean, again, February is going to be going to be a bear, right? And especially if that Providence game gets thrown in there somewhere. I don't know what, where that stands. Uh, you got, it's just a matter of taking taking care of business now, and um, you know, just moving forward and playing as well as you can, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, a big one on Tuesday, um, you know, with Georgetown, and then Saturday at DePaul. DePaul's been playing good basketball, um, have been really competitive, and you know, the last couple of games they've been out with, you know, they've been playing without. Um, you know, their leading scorer, one of the leading scorers in the conference. So I'm sure he'll be back by the time we play on Saturday. You know, he's been dealing with a groin injury and then Creighton at home. So, you know, obviously a stretch that, uh, you know, we have to take care of business. You know, as you mentioned, you know, uh, February is a gauntlet. Xavier twice and Villanova twice and Seton Hall again. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the Friars. Awesome. Well, Luke, really appreciate joining you and uh, great talking to you. And, um, you know, best of luck the rest of the season. We'll be right there uh, chronicling it all. <laughs> Sounds good, Dave. I'm sure I'll see you Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Luke.